Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Do you know how to say goodbye? Summer is a time filled saying farewell to jobs, friends, houses, schools, and more. And last impressions are really important for how people remember us and how we'll remember them. How can we learn to do this well? On today's episode, we give you five steps on how to say goodbye. Along the way, we will continue to update you on our own goodbyes as we change jobs, houses, and the size of our family. Plus, we have a Father's Day hack that will help those who are in a gift-giving rut. You won't want to miss it, so stay right here. This week, something happened to the Cotters that for some people might be a nightmare. But for us, at least for me especially, <laughs> it would be a dream come true. I'm, I'm intrigued. I think I know what you're going to say. Of course you know what I'm going to say. So last week we told you that we are getting ready to move. We sold our house. Now we need to find a new house. And it just so happens that the house across the street from my sister is going up for sale soon. We caught wind of it, and now we're trying to work a deal to buy the house across the street from my sister. Dream come true. <laughs> Certainly on this end of the table. But you, <laughs> Kevin, you're not like opposed oh, to no. it. Oh, no. I think it'd be good. It was just funny the way you called me last week, and you're like, hey, I think I found us a house. And it's, you didn't mention this, it's really hard to find a house in Denver. Really and, hard. The market like, is insane yes, here. Low, low, uh, low uh, supply, high demand. And... um. You're like, I found this perfect house, like this great house. And I was like, that's weird because we monitor the housing market really closely. Like, how did this magical house fall through the cracks? And so Lisa starts listing all these things off with the house. And then at the very end, she goes, and it's across from my sister. <laughs> so you want, she wanted I to like would, check all the boxes until she got to that uh, I was saving that the best for last. <laughs> so great no it'd be i think it'd be wonderful yeah truly we are all excited about it. the kids are excited about it uh so tomorrow we are meeting with the homeowners to discuss details so that like it's been a continual conversation our realtors coming over so if you all would pray for don and christy for their hearts to be moved to sell their house to us that would be fantastic it would be great we would really appreciate it. We have all the focused missionaries in North Dakota praying for the house, specifically during their holy hour. So if you could just just, just pray, Lord, just move the hearts of John and Christy to sell their house to the Cotters by August 1st, P.S., um, because we're on a timeline here. Um, we got to be out of our house by mid-August, so we need it by August 1st so we can make that transition happen. So a little life update for you there. We'll take all the prayers we can get. Mm-hmm. And we have another topic today that is is kind of fitting to our season of life right now because it's it's jam packed right now. I'm just making all these transitions. If you missed last week's episode, we'll fill you in quickly. You missed a lot. You missed a lot. Yeah, one episode. You're way behind. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm having a baby. Um, Kevin is leaving Focus, and we are moving to be closer to his new job and to our kids' school. Which, P.S. This house is the perfect spot between it's between. Kevin's office and school. So it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty, pretty clutch right there. So we thought, you know, we are going through this period of time where we are doing a lot of goodbyes, saying goodbye to a lot of things in our, in our life, the way that life has been for the past 
several years, at least six years, life has been pretty standard. Like not a whole lot has changed. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're saying a lot of goodbyes right now. So we thought, you know, you probably are saying some goodbyes too. It's a pretty normal time of year to be transitioning jobs, transitioning schools, Maybe, um, maybe not you personally, but you're, you've got friends that are moving. You have, um, friends who are leaving your office. Maybe you're welcoming new people into your life, whatever it is. And so we, as we've been processing this, we wanted to do an episode on saying goodbye. Yeah. And I think it's so important, uh, goodbyes. I think first impressions and last impressions are just really huge and I think that's one of the things that other people are going to remember about you. I think it's the things that you're going to remember uh, about. And so it's worth doing well to make that <clears throat> that really good last impression uh, here. So I think it's really uh, great to think through these steps. And how do we do this well? Because I feel like this isn't something that people normally talk about is how to do goodbyes. And like Lisa said, we're processing ourselves through baby, job, move. And we're like, man, we want to do this really well. And we thought, hey we could help you try to do it really well too. Mm -hmm. And I think there are consequences to not saying goodbye well. I I think that it can end in regret. It can end in um, like later frustration. It can Mm -hmm. end in not closing that chapter of your life and not feeling that closure. And so it's something that I think, especially when it comes to the spiritual life, that we want to process through and pray through and do well for our own sake, for the sake of moving forward and not allowing something to kind of have unfinished business or something that hangs over our head and can affect uh, our moving forward. So. Yeah, it's a goodbye. It's a final. And so there's a finality to it. And the feeling is if I don't do this right, you only, you only get like one chance, you know, um, in some sense to do it right in that moment. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have five steps for you today uh, to saying goodbye. And step one is kind of like, it's kind of like pre-step one. Yeah, So the prep. The prep. Before you say goodbye, we just want to remind you all that you want to discern well. <laughs> mm-hmm. We certainly don't want to just flippantly make a decision without thinking through. And so we have a whole episode on discernment, a how-to discernment episode. So we'll put that link in the show notes to what episode that is. But quickly, just to run through them, um, if you haven't discerned, if there's still time, you might want to make sure that you actually pray about this decision and discern through it. So... Um, a couple, yeah, a couple of just quick little run through of how this process lays out, at least the way that, that I always explain it, the way this episode explains it is the first thing is we just want to lay some spiritual foundations and make sure that we are in a state of prayer and that we are in a state of grace as we go through the process. Because if we aren't in, in that mode, it can be hard to see clearly what God is calling us to. So constantly taking the decision to prayer and making sure that we're in a place where we can be receptive to hearing what God is calling us to, which means if we're in a state of sin and we, we know it and we're avoiding that, um, it can be hard to see clearly what God is calling us to. So making sure that we're going to confession, making sure that we are making amends with people so we can clearly see. So that's the first step. Mm-hmm. And now if we were perfect, that's all we'd have to do. Um, <laughs> We would pray, we'd be in a state of grace, everything would be revealed to us and we would clearly see it, but we're not perfect. So we have to do our research. We have to take the time to process through and think through, okay, what what would this look like? So some examples of doing research would be seeking counsel from other people, asking for an outside perspective, because sometimes it's easy to get stuck in our own mind because we know what we want to decide, but that not, might not be the best thing. 
Um, another example would be writing out a pros and cons list or spending the time to kind of picture yourself taking a step in one direction and picture yourself taking a step in the other direction and seeing, well, what kind of emotions does that bring to mind? How does that make me feel? Because God can speak through our emotions, not that our emotions should lead us, but our emotions can be part of that process of speaking to our hearts on what God is calling us to. So we've done our research, then we take it back to prayer and we present those things to God and we say, okay, Lord, this is the way I feel. Um, this is, you know, what seems like my intellect, you know, a combination of my intellect and my emotions is telling me how to move forward. And the last step is to act. You actually have to do something. You can't just keep praying 90 day novenas about it. Um, I mean, you can, but it wouldn't be good. Yeah. You see this a lot with relationship breakups, right? Like, let's just keep praying about it. <laughs> I'm just not sure. Well, you know, you have to act. You actually have to take a step in one direction. You actually have to break up to see if that was the right thing or not, as opposed to just continually dragging it out in this limbo stage, right? You actually have to take that step. And if you get it wrong, okay, fine. You just redirect, like go, go back and say, I, I made a mistake there. Um, God's not going to abandon you if you're sincerely trying to discern through something. So that's kind of the precursor. Okay. So, so we, we've done our, our discernment process here. So now we've acted and now there's kind of also this like next step of like, okay, now we're doing this. Like, how do we end well? How do, how do we do this properly so that we don't end up in a place where we regret or where we, um, feel like we have unfinished business or we feel like we left in haste and we didn't really get the closure that we were looking for. Yep. Absolutely. And I think uh, with that piece on discernment, as you're speaking about that, just remind me on own discernment with focus. I think it's so important that, yeah. that we discern well and it's been great to go through that discernment process. We've done that episode, as you mentioned. And so when I got into this situation, it was like, oh my gosh, I have to use like my own steps so that yeah, I've taught people. Like, go back and listen to the podcast. We're thinking about leaving focus. Yeah. <laughs> So all of a sudden I was like, all right, how do I pray about this? You know, you're thinking, you know, and at first wasn't as open to a new job, love focus, you know, then it's like, all right, I'll just start praying. And I was like, all right, I should probably discern this. Um, what does that look like with the pro and con list? Totally use that. Um, sought counsel, sought counsel from people inside focus, friends. I've sought people outside of focus. I thought sought people, um, who are my own age. I, I sought you know, from people who are older, really just try to get not a million voices. You can do like that with sometimes with councils. Like I've asked now 92 people what I should do and yeah. I don't know what to do. I just keep asking one per day for my 90 day novena. Uh, you know, but like four, you know, four or five solid people who really can, and obviously it's a big decision too, but like can really speak into it and give me a sense of like, am I seeing clearly here? Um, yeah. And then just going through that process and praying and finally get to that moment. And you're like, all right, I have to act and and leave focus. And, and it's so huge because if you had that discernment, that's one thing we prayed for a lot was clarity. And mm -hmm. because we have that clarity through discernment, all these actions and whether that transition's awesome or whether that transition's hard and most transitions have both, you know that you've discerned well. And because of that, you don't begin to doubt the decision because of something that bad might happen in that transitions. It's very easy to go, oh no, something's bad's happening. Should I not do this? And if you've discerned well and you're confident that God led you to that path, then you won't fear. You'll just say, yeah, things are hard, but I know I chose correctly. And you won't make a decision out of emotion or just in the moment, but you'll make the decision with our Lord in a, in a systematic way. So that's why discernment is so huge with this. It's that pre-step because when you start saying goodbye if you have that in place, you're going to be on a really solid foundation. And I think it can also be a real telltale if you're trying to say goodbye to something and you just have no peace. 
Yep. It's like, did you really discern it? Like, have you yeah. really thought this through? And yes, there might be times where, yeah, there's just no peace because it's hard. Mm-hmm. But at least you can fall back on your discernment and say, no, this is why I'm making the decision. And and this is why we're going to go forward in this way and take confidence in that, even if it doesn't always feel exciting. Totally. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So that's kind of step one is it's almost pre-step one um, is to actually discern it well. And that's going to help you be able to say goodbye. And then steps two, three, and four really are kind of a, a, how to help you process what's happening and actually um, giving yourself the freedom and the space to do that. So the first thing that you want to do is to remember. Yeah. And this was interesting for the process with focus because um, as I've been going this last month to focus his trainings, four different trips and just having a little bit more time away from home and just being in that environment and being in prayer, really just taking the time to be like, all right, I spent 11 years of my life in this job. Like what happened during those 11 years? And in the Holy Hour, literally just sitting there for one hour, which I would like to do more of it, but for an hour and just saying, let me just remember all the things that happened to me and focus from the day I started or even before that, when I was a student, to that's what I was going to say. Yeah, week. it's it's it, it's even longer, really, for us because we were in focus when we were in college. So mm-hmm. it, it goes all the way back to like least forever our teen years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> back when we were eighteen and nineteen. Yeah, but I think it's so. And as we go through this process, you'll see why it's so helpful. But um, our memories are just an amazing. Um, thing that we can use that really intertwines with our faith and with our soul and that are a huge part of our minds. And and I think if we're going to start to understand how to process, we really have to uh, pine the depths of our memories. Augustine says this, he says, great is the power of memory, an awe-inspiring mystery. My God, a a power of profound and infinite uh, multiplicity. So our memories are gigantic tools in this process as we're saying goodbye and taking those moments to really think about what did just happen? And it could be um, something that happened in one day or something that could happen in 11 years or even longer. But our memories allow us to really um, recall all those experiences and what happened in that time period that's really going to set us up for uh, this process. And I think it's good also to recall the good and the bad times. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And not just just take the highlight reel, but also recognize how is even the negative stuff that's happened Mm-hmm. you know, um, affected me. Cause I know, like I think back to our time in focus and I, a memory I will always carry with me is our summers at new staff training. Mm. So we spent, I think seven, seven summers, like relocated on a college campus with our yeah. whole family. We like never did five, new staff training weeks. without kids. Yeah. Five, yeah. six weeks at a time. And it's funny cause when I think of new staff training, there's like negative memories, like postpartum, like was that post-traumatic, not postpartum, that would be baby thing. PSTD or yeah. PTS. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I. Post-traumatic yeah. stress syndrome. Yep. Yeah. And that's more a joke, not, not for real, <laughs> but like we had pink eye one summer and everybody was quarantined for two weeks and it was yeah. horrible. I thought we would like all die there. Like, and it was never going to get better. <laughs> or, or I was remembering with our staff, like the first new staff training, we are in an apartment. And it was a four bedroom apartment with a lounge in the middle. And they gave us two of the bedrooms and they gave another family, the other two. And no one wanted to be in the middle because yeah. like you could hear the conversations. And so we just had the, like these two rooms. It wasn't great. Or our second year, second summer, they put us on the third floor and you were pregnant and we had a baby and like we had to walk the stairs there was no every elevator. time. And then the, the 
amazing Italian priest below us who's may he rest in peace. I'm sure he's in heaven, but he asked if he could move into our apartment that summer. And we're like, father, like it's only has one bathroom. And he was like, no, it's fine. We're like, no father. Like this is it. But like, just the, those what? are the memories that just like, and he wanted back, to move in because his internet wasn't working That's on right. the second floor. <laughs> and our internet did work. He was an international priest. So he's like, I don't understand why this is weird to you. And he was like a refugee in Africa. He was like, captured and like in captivity you know so it's like how do you yeah. say no to and he was elderly and you're like how do i say no to this guy but he was just like i don't see what the problem is in living in your apartment <laughs> Wait, I, I need i need better internet what don't you understand yeah. it, it was, was fantastic it was but th- fantastic those were some of the me uh yeah. now they're funny later on but any any like good memories as we're thinking of the good and the bad uh one of my favorite memories at new step training again because that's on my mind of course things like seek those were pivotal moments yeah. in my own life as a student and also as a speaker, um, being able to launch our book at Seek. And I mean, the largest crowd I've ever spoken to. Um, I remember the first time I ever spoke to a crowd over a thousand, it was at a Seek. I mean, just yeah. really neat stuff there. Um, but news have training. Uh, one memory that comes to mind that I'll always cherish is we always had a talent show mm. and at news have training, there's always a talent show. And one year, our daughter, so the Mary Claire had to have been four. This is when Mary Claire was four. And she was going through a phase where she was really into states. Just like, she's a, she's a data head. She just loves information yep. and memorizing things. Yep. So she's four and she knows all her states and capitals on her own initiative. She wants to learn these things. And so we had these state jokes that we had like, you know, done together and, and laughed about. And so it was a break and it was between like, people and somehow Mary Claire ended up on stage with a microphone and she's telling her state jokes and she's so excited about how hilarious they are that like she's laughing as she's trying to say them and so I don't know if people were laughing at the jokes or just her enthusiasm about state jokes but she just I've never seen her more giddy about having a spotlight and she's not usually a spotlight girl so it was really fun jokes like what did Tennessee see or something yeah the same thing as the same as Arkansas yeah uh yeah yeah stuff Mm -hmm. like that what did Delaware (laughs) a New Jersey (laughs) I mean she just was cracking up over these state jokes even that talent show I think a missionary read a book about spot and like Paul was like he was two and he's like it was a dramatic (laughs) reading of it that was the funny part. And our son Paul was too at the time was like, that was the best skit all night. And we're like, that yeah. was not. Okay, great. He loved it. Yep. So, so good, yeah. good memories. Good memories. Focus. Yeah, many, it's many been many fun memories. to do those together. Yep. So. Absolutely. All right. I think it's time for our hack. Hack time. Hack time. We I need feel a, like we need a song or a jingle. I know, a maybe, button for that. Maybe. No, I just want to sing it uh, acapella every time. I feel like we've done this before. We've talked about the need for this. I'll just stop talking and start actually doing it. Okay. So our hack for this week is a Father's Day hack because Father's Day is coming up. And I'm sure that you've all done spiritual bouquets before or seen them when somebody's sick in the parish, you know, you send a spiritual bouquet to them at the hospital kind of a thing. But we're going to suggest this as a Catholic hack for Father's Day because oftentimes, especially grandpas, I know we always have a harder time when we have like the kids, you know, trying to do something for their grandpa for Father's Day. Uh, you know, it's like usually by the time you're grandpa, you've got most everything you want. Like, <laughs> you don't really, you know, if you need it, you just go get it. Right. Like, it's not like they're 14 anymore and really want a new phone. So one 
neat idea, Catholic idea that you could do is to have the kids put together a spiritual bouquet for their grandpa and take the time to go to adoration or pray a rosary or do something with your kids. So not only are you instilling the faith in them, but you're also putting forth a gift that is meaningful and can be personalized if the kids make the spiritual bouquet themselves and send that to grandpa. I'm I'm guessing most grandpas that are Catholic grandpas would be touched by knowing that their grandkids had prayed for them in a specific way for Father's Day. I approve this message as a father. Very good. I think it's great. All right. Time for step number three. After remember, it comes gratitude. That's right. After we've taken the time to actually think through um, the thing that we're saying goodbye to, I think a natural thing is to actually have gratitude towards it. And I think this is actually pretty hard in our culture. Um, Pope Francis talks a lot about how we have a throwaway culture. And with that throwaway culture, we move on from things very quickly and often don't, we, we just discard it, <clears throat> kind of put it aside and don't really appreciate it. And so I think this is really tempting. I think one thing that I thought of with our house, especially as we've been trying to get ready for showings and trying to fix it up is sometimes you can get like, oh my gosh, I'm so... Um, so excited not to have to deal with this thing on the house or like, isn't that so annoying or isn't that, I just, I I'm just want to be in a situation where that doesn't exist. Where anymore. we have an air conditioner. That would be great. Yeah. But we're flying Laudato C because we have an evaporative cooler instead of an air conditioner. But anyways, that's a whole nother podcast. You missed Midwestern people are going to have to look that one up because <laughs> you have no idea what that is. That's correct. But I think it's important to take the time to be Grateful. And so something with our house, it's like, actually, yeah, houses have problems. This has been an amazing house for us and one that we can easily look at and say, oh my gosh, how well has this house served us over the last five, six years in just numerous, numerous ways. And as we say goodbye to the house, not think, boy, can't wait to get this thing off our hands or just get through it or just move on, but actually take a moment and say, Lord, thank you for the gift of this house. Like it was such an amazing answered prayer that we found it and that we're able to buy it and clean it up and all the things that went on in the house, like what a gift and not to just move on from it, but to really have that gratitude, I think is, is really huge. And so to do that, um, you know, we're just processing through that, um, with whether it be at the house or with the baby or with focus. And, uh, I think it's really important to tell God, thank you for these things. But also tell people, you know, I mean, obviously with the, the house, like I don't need to tell him the house. Thank you. But like at Focus, it's really important that I. Our uh, house is a male. Yeah, I get. Well, I don't I don't know what gender it is. Um, but at Focus to really go through and thank people and say, I'm leaving with gratitude. And I want to tell you why I'm thankful that I worked here. Um, and I'm thankful for the opportunities that you gave me. And um, I think jobs like a lot of things, like just like the house, you can be like, oh, well, this wasn't that great or that wasn't that great. But. I just stop and look and go, oh my gosh, my time with focus, I it's just a wave of gratitude for what I was able to even do and what people said. I think, hey, here you can do that. And I think this would be great. And yeah, go ahead and go for it. So yeah, I think it's really good. So um, quote on gratitude to help us be grateful. Uh, this is Thomas Merton. He says, gratitude therefore takes nothing for granted, is never unresponsive, is constantly awaking to new wonder and to praise of the goodness of God. For the grateful person knows that God is good, might by hearsay, but by experience. And that's what makes all the difference. And so as we remember things, we can re-experience them and say uh, thank you for them as well. Which brings us to our next step, which is to, uh, kind of in conjunction with the one side, gratitude, um, then to kind of mourn that, to, to mourn that. So like, 
anytime you're making a transition like this or anytime you're saying goodbye to something, you're saying yes to something new, but then you're saying no to the thing that you're saying goodbye to. So my mommy brain um, automatically thinks of like, you know, like like sending a kid off to kindergarten, like you're saying yes to them having an education outside of the home, but you're saying no to being with them all the time. It's Mm -hmm. like, there's always, there's always like a a gain, but there's always a loss with that. So I think it's important to mourn that loss that's coming. Yeah. And you brought this up last week when we did how to fertility and I thought it was just really profound. I hadn't thought about, it was from your spiritual director as well as like, yeah, you should mourn that thing, like mourn that loss and take time to actually process it. And a part of processing is saying, boy, this is tough. This is hard. Or, I really enjoyed those friendships and they're going to be harder to have because I'm changing jobs or I'm graduating from college or this house. Like there's so many things great about it and now we're leaving and we're not going to have all those great things. And it's okay to say that's hard and it's okay to process and say, this is difficult and to give ourselves that space. Sometimes we make transitions, like you said, like either we want to say yes to everything or we just want to say, oh, we're making a move and it's everything's better and everything's greater and it's just this perfect thing that's happening. Like nothing is being lost. Yeah. It's even like, oh, it's God's will. And so that means everything is going to be crystal clear and perfect. And it's like, actually, that's not the case. You are saying no to something, mourn it. And uh, just to t- take the time to do that is, is huge and give yourself freedom to do that because it's going to help you process. Mm-hmm. And I think as you're reflecting on your own life, you might think to yourself like, oh, I'm not saying goodbye to anything right now. But I mean, really, if like there's any transition going on, you are saying goodbye to something. So like with the baby, it's not as if um, it's like a new job, right? Like <laughs> like we're saying <laughs> In goodbye. In some ways, it's a new job. <laughs> yeah. But what we're saying goodbye to is we're saying goodbye to a family of five. Yep. So like there still is a sense of like, there's, there's still a goodbye going on. And so like, we can still go through this process of like remembering like, Oh, all the memories we had as a family of five, like things are about to change or we can be grateful for the, you know, um, the things that we've done and the ways that we've grown as a family of five. Um, and then also look ahead and be grateful to what's going to happen as a family of six. And so, yeah, yep. there's, I think there's still a, a process that happens anytime life shifts in a major way, even if it doesn't seem like, a choice in the sense of like buying a new house. So yep, totally great. So our last step then, um, kind of in this, just, I think this is an overarching thing to remember that's going to help with your goodbye is to have this kind of an attitude and it's simply to lower expectations. Yeah. I think, um, because we've seen so many movies with goodbyes, whether it's like a romantic goodbye or whether it's graduating from college or something to do with friends or whatever it might be like, there's a lot of nostalgia with goodbyes and a lot of idealization with goodbyes. And so when we get to these moments, we think, um, yeah, it's going to be, um, this magical moment where all these things are going to happen just because we're saying goodbye. And so our expectations can go really high with our friends or with our coworkers or where there's going to be this moment where our friends tell us how much we mean to them and how great we are and how much they're going to miss us and how much, how much we changed their life. And, and when they just say like, thanks and I miss you, then we're like, Oh, or they might not even recognize yeah. you. Know? You might like leave a job and you're like, nobody even cared. It was just like, okay. You know, or it felt obligatory, but it didn't feel like anybody actually put any thought into it, you know? Yeah. 
And we're not saying this is happening right now in our lives. <laughs> we're no, just no, saying no. Yeah, yeah. we're having low expectations in these transitions. We're not expecting our neighbors to throw us a party, right? <laughs> like, yep. we're, and I think that's an important thing um, that I actually learned um, from Michelle Duggar. Um, <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, I know. Um, so I, and I, uh, I remember, I don't know which kid was getting married, but I remember in an interview, this was years ago and one of back when they were all doing the show together and Michelle um, was asked, one of the kids was getting married, and they said, so should um, the husband expect the wife to make dinner every night? And she said, oh, no. She said, expectations ruin relationships. Mm. And she said, you know, if he's expecting that she's going to make him dinner every night, and he comes home, and for whatever reason she hasn't made dinner, then he's going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. But if he's not expecting her to make dinner, and he comes home and she has made dinner, then he'll be grateful. Yeah. And I think that's just such an important life lesson in so many ways, but especially in goodbyes here, to not have expectations that it's, you know, your graduation party is going to, you know, all your family is going to come in town and give you $150 each and it's going to be this great party and everyone's going to tell you how proud they are. Well, if you expect that, then you're going to be disappointed. But if you don't expect that and it happens or some of it happens, then you're grateful. Yeah. It's just so true. I think expectations for whether it's goodbyes or other things, when we lower them, it just becomes, we become so much more grateful for what happens and we live in those moments and not this idealized world um, not every goodbye is like Mr. Holland's opus where we leave and then this right. huge, you know, like everyone comes back and says like, you changed my life. And this yeah. is amazing. Um, yes. And, and, and to say this, this applies with goodbyes. Um, I'm not saying lower your expectations when it comes to essentials. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Like morality issues. Right. Yeah. Okay. Have high expectations. All right. Just want to make sure that is clear. We're talking about a different realm here. Yep. Some of these subjective things though is, lower them. And yeah, not everyone's probably listening to the podcast on goodbyes or like they have their own things going on in their life, or maybe they're mourning in a different way. They're like, I've tried to move on because I'm going to miss you. Or maybe they don't even think about you, whatever it is, like <laughs> just to uh, lower their expectations and then be grateful for what does happen in those moments. I think is huge. Absolutely. All right. It is time for our how to challenge. And there's a kid at the door. Children at the door. Don't worry. Kevin has waved her off. We're good. All right, so how to challenge for this week, going along that theme of gratitude, is if you are currently going through a goodbye right now and you're getting ready to end something and start something new, to take the time to write a thank you note, maybe even multiple thank you notes, but to handwrite, we're going to challenge you to handwrite because it's, it's more meaningful. If you just can't pull it off, then go ahead and email. But a thank you, just to say thank you to those influential people who have shaped what got you to this point of transition to this time of something new happening. So that's for if you're going through a time of goodbye. And if you are not currently yourself going through a time of goodbye and transition, you probably know somebody who is. You probably know somebody who's headed off to college or who maybe just graduated from college and is starting a new job, which requires a move, or maybe has just left work or a neighbor who's moving. You probably know somebody. Take the time to write them a thank you note thanking them for the time that you have had together in this capacity. That doesn't mean you're completely never going to see them again, but specifically in this capacity of being coworkers or neighbors or classmates, whatever it is, or maybe a professor, a teacher um, who's influenced you. Take that time to write that professor a thank you for the influence that they had on you during your time at that school. Yep. Those final impressions are huge. Make sure you do them well and uh, know how to say goodbye. Well, that is our show for today. 
Thanks so much for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at magnetomagnify.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter. We're Lisa and Cotter. That's Anne with an E. As always, if you enjoy this show, please give it a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions, and tell a friend. This helps us get out the word about how to Catholic. And until next week, be saints. It's worth it. Thank you.